0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. It's Friday night. It's minus 25. You can either get into your pajamas and crawl into bed and retire early, or you can listen to inside sports. Okay. For those of you not headed to your bedrooms for a nap, thanks for sticking around. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Late in the first period, Penguins and Red Wings are scoreless. The Hurricanes lead the Ducks 1-0 with five minutes left in the first. Lightning and Jets will start in a few minutes. The Edmonton Oil Kings host Prince Albert tonight, 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. Golden Bears hockey team putting their 17-3 record on the line, 7 o'clock, Claire Drake Arena. That one is against Lethbridge. Also, NBA action this evening. Raptors up 59-43 on the Wizards. That's with a minute 59 left in the first half. Your Edmonton Oilers. Tomorrow, we'll take on the Arizona Coyotes as we continue to watch that tight race at the top of the Pacific Division. Man, it's incredible. Calgary and Arizona, 57 points. Vancouver and Vegas, 56 points. Edmonton with 55. Mike Smith expected to be the starting goaltender against Arizona.
2: They have a lot of good players that have played for a long time and some veteran guys that have played... uh, you know, been there since I was there, so I think you know they added Kessel this year, and they got some younger players that are really skilled, skilled players, and they're not probably not uh, any surprise that they w- are where they are. They just play a real solid game, and they don't give you much, so that's why it's always a close game against them. So um, we want to you know finish the stretch off here on a good note, going into the break, and it'll be another good test for us tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow's broadcast, eleven thirty in the morning for the face-off show. The game will start at one. Oilers and Coyotes, then the bye week, then the All-Star Break, and the Oilers back at it on January 29th against the Calgary Flames. I feel like more people are talking about that game than tomorrow's game because of everything that went on with Kachuk and Cassie. And to discuss that and more, a guy who played the role of the enforcer during his pro career, he then went on to referee over a thousand games in the National Hockey League. Please welcome to Inside Sports. Paul Stewart. Paul, how are you doing? Better than ever. It's uh, a minus 5 Celsius here on Balmy Cape Cod
2: and uh, things, I guess, are heating up out there in the prairies, so looking forward to uh spending a few minutes with you
0: right now yeah well thanks for checking in well certainly heating up in the battle of alberta temperature wise we're uh, i think we finally get warmer than minus 20 on sunday and then <laughs> it's around freezing next week we've uh, we've been through a bit of a cold spell here for sure but hey we're, we're used to that we're uh, we're all hockey players we're all hockey fans how, how what are you up to these days before we we dive into the meat of the conversation how's life treating you uh, life is
2: good. I'm the uh, director of officiating and the commissioner of the private school hockey league, which is a league that Roanick and Amonty and Kachuk and others came out of. The private schools of one step below Division One college hockey. And <clears throat> I write for a column called Hockey Buzz. And as well, I, my book has been published, Yeah, Wanna Go. It's a picture of me squaring off with Terry O'Reilly and talks about my life and career as both a player and as an official, and a children's book called The Magical Christmas of Paul Stewart, all available on Amazon. And I'm busy uh, watching my son plays in Quebec at Stansted College, and my other son starts Harvard this week, and he took up the reins of uh, officiating. My uh, guy at Stansted is playing defense for them, and... uh, Dan Polazzini is the coach, Matt Thompson, and they have a great program. And uh, we're, I always did well in Quebec, and it's nice to see the family tradition carrying on.
0: Well, that's awesome. You're, you're, you're keeping busy, which is cool. I, I want to ask you something about y- younger officials and their path. It, it is Minor Hockey Week here in Edmonton, and later on on the show, I'm going to have a father's son who are both reffing games this week at Minor Hockey Week. What would what do you say if you get a chance to talk to a ten, twelve, fourteen year old who's putting on the stripes and they're seeing if they want to pursue this as a as as a profession or they or they're just doing it to get some good experience and and uh and maybe maybe make a little extra money than they can. What what kind of message do you get a try to get across to, to young people who are officiating? Well,
2: if you love hockey, you have to look at hockey as not just one slice of the pizza, you have to look at it as another slice of the pizza. And there are many slices. There's driving the Zamboni, there's sharpening skates, there's coaching, there's being a radio announcer, as as you do, and other things, writing. And certainly it's both for boys and girls, men and women. And I tell people all of the time that if you really love the game, you'll see it in a different way when you start to try to judge and be fair. And in those senses, as well, for, say, my oldest boy who's off to Harvard, he's paying his tuition with the money that he makes from refereeing. And my youngest son, when he's not playing, he's officiating. So you get an hour of free ice to work on your skating, and in here in the U.S., you're paying uh, some of these fellows $110 for two hours, which is pretty good money.
0: Paul Stewart joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Well said. So speaking of trying to keep the game fair and watching over things, it got pretty heated between Kachuk and Cassian. You mentioned that you write for Hockey Buzz. You posted something really good on that. I've referred to it on air a couple of times this week, and and now we we, we move forward through this. Just just a quick thought on on the in, I'll see the incidents themselves because there were some hard hits before Cassian sort of lost his mind. If if you're roughing in that game and that is playing out as it did, you, you know what what would have you liked to see happen in that situation, or maybe you're fine with how, with how everything happened.
2: Well, the aspect of what has come from this is that we have a situation where we've revived the aspect of the Battle of Alberta. And this is nowhere near the temperature or the uh, volume of what happened when Neil Sheehy and and McSorley and uh, Hunter and all of those fellows were going at it and I was watching and refereeing. And I think that in this sense, I go back to one thing that Don Terry said. If we allow this, we're going to have to build arenas with more seats because it seems that everybody has a peaked interest in this. And Catherine Tappan on the NHL said, oh, this is one of the most exciting games of the year. Why? Because of two body checks and a lot of flapping of gums? That's basically what I think of it. And primarily, if I'm refereeing, which was your question, I take the Frank Advari rule, which is a fellow that, was a Hall of Fame official. He was one of the supervisors and officiating directors when I broke in. And he said to me one night in Springfield, if you don't have the guts to make a call in the American League, how are you going to do it in Madison Square Garden? He said, you should know better than anyone else. You were a player. If they did it to you and you'd be ticked off, that's a penalty. If they did it to your teammate and you'd want to jump the boards and take the guy on, that's a penalty. And if your teammate did it to the other fella, and you dropped your head and said, what do you do that for, then that's a penalty. You've got to feel the game. Now, some things have come out with people saying, oh, they should have answered the bell. And you, you can't tell people what to do. They are who they are. You listen to Kachuk, and he says, this is part of my game. Fine. You want to blindside guys? Great. You want to run guys? Great. But if you do it to me, I'm going to forget the two minute instigator penalty and I'm going to whip your ass from here to the other blue line and that's that and you know what a little fear of the Lord hasn't been legislated against by the National Hockey League we have the instigator rule put in in 1983 and that was primarily to curb the star players getting mugged we now have the shootout We have players that are on the list that can't get mugged. They can't shoot if they have time in their penalties. And we have all these agents who are telling their players, hey, listen, we're getting more money if we get points. So you can't get points if you're sitting in the box, if your hands are hurt, and so on. So fighting has pretty well disappeared from the game. However, my attitude is this, and I think it's necessarily something that others have felt in the same vein as I do which is you want to do that no problem but if you do it I'm going to kick your butt and that's the end of it and the fact is that fighting has not been legislated out of the National Hockey League book so if you want to hit me what I consider dirty or I don't consider a fair hit I'm going to take you on and just accept that because you accept that you're going to play in the National Hockey League. There's a certain dignity when you sign the contract, and there's a certain aspect to it. And I think if I'm listening closely after all of the hoopla this week, the sounds I'm hearing are Gordie Howe and Jean Beliveau rolling over in their graves because this isn't the way the game was supposed to be played. There's more flapping of gums than there is great body checking and good playmaking and toughness.
0: Oh, love, the pa- love, love the passion you have about that. Very very well said. So they're playing right coming out of their bye weeks. They're going to play on the 29th. And it's going to be Cassian's first game back. And George Perros is coming to town. We'll see what officials get the assignment. How much, when you refed, you obviously you knew if there was a, a history between the two teams or B2 players on the team. Would you even do something pre-game? maybe talk to the coaches or the players involved to to set a tone? What's the best way for a referee to go into this next Battle of Alberta?
2: I feel that a good referee has to have awareness of the possibility that anything can happen, just the same as a police officer has to be ready just in case. You hope that whatever happens, that you're prepared for it. But the most important aspect is that I used to say to my Fellow officials, get me a quart of Clorox because I'm bleaching my mind. I can only judge what I see. And when I see it, I'll judge it. And that's that. But the more important aspect that I brought onto the ice was I was a player that played hard. I was a minority player breaking into the pros in 75, an American, a college kid from a small little prep school in Boston. I played in a college in Philadelphia, University of Pennsylvania. They don't even have a team anymore. And so, From where I came, I had to use what I had, which was a big body and a certain amount of toughness, and I had to be able to fight. And yet, a lot of people accepted it because of the fact that I kept getting contracts, and there were a couple teams like uh, Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders that did pretty well with their toughness. So I played the game tough, and I think that if We're in a situation where we're watching this game. I mean, George Paris being in the stands, so what? There'll be 18,000 other people in the stands. What's he going to do, hold some strings over their head and tell them what to do? He can't. You're just going to have to trust that the officials are going to go out and see what they see and judge it for the moment that they see it. But I would say to them, if I was their boss, feel the game. And when the temperature rises, you step in. My dad used to say to me, and his dad was a referee in the NHL, and my dad refereed 35 years collegiately. He used to say, don't start refereeing until the players, by their actions, tell you that they need you. That's when you step in. And you step in, not to make it fair for one side or the other. You step in to keep it safe for both sides. And that's the way I refereed. And I know... And a lot of people said this, that I was a player's referee and that I called statistically less, fish, less penalties than other guys. I, I never worried about that. As I said, I used to take a quarter Clorox, bleach my mind, and go out and watch what I watched. And I had plenty of players that I, I certainly admired and liked, and I had other players that I really didn't care to talk to very much. But I can remember a game one night in Florida when Peter Worrell, big, big kid, was there, and the guy taunted him and kept, you know, brushing him and, and aggravating him and trying to incite him. And he, and, and the fella t- pretended he was going to throw his gloves down. And Peter Warrell threw his gloves down, and everybody's yelling, "No, that's a misconduct!" I said to Peter, "Pick up your gloves." And I looked at the other guy. I said, "You're not getting a free pass. You're staying, and so's he. Help yourself." And that's the way that I ruled the game, and that's the way we got through the game, and. We found
0: out, you know, who could fish and who could cut bait. So could a referee have that approach these days? And I'm asking that in the context where, first of all, there's two guys on the ice. It's not just one guy in control. You mentioned how there's way less fighting and different attitudes towards fighting. You have to be careful delivering a body check because if you catch a part of a guy's head, you might not just get a penalty. You might get suspended. So you can... Referee, I mean, the referees still have swagger and they still have control, but can they do it the same way you did it, the way the game is structured these days?
2: Well, everybody has to understand that this guy named Shakespeare said, to thine own self be true. And the problem with a lot of officiating you know, at every level is that everybody's trying to be like the other guy. Be yourself and be consistent with yourself. And that's what everybody keeps calling for for years and years and years. The referees need consistency. Harry Senden used to say to me, and he and I had a lot of deep conversations, some of them he animated. He'd say to me, call it in the third like you called it in the first. And I, I agree with that. And I think that what you need to do is remember what you did. And with regard to working with another official, listen, history has shown. Back in the day when my grandfather was refereeing in the National Hockey League just before World War II or into World War II, there were two referees on the ice and one linesman. So it wasn't a situation where there weren't uh, that there was just one fellow making a decision. It was two. But you have to have chemistry and and to work with one another. And I worked a lot of games with Dvorsky, and I worked a lot of games with M- Maroweli and McCreary. You know, every night w- we, we would talk, and we would talk about what we do and what we didn't do. And uh, I know one night I had a guy called Pelly right in front of me down in Florida, and I went in the dressing room, I said to him, hey, take a look at my eyes, see if my contact's still in there. He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, that's good, because I didn't see the trip that you saw from 150 feet. I said, you can referee the next period by yourself. I just pulled my groin. And I didn't go out. How about
0: that? Wow, that's amazing. That sent the message, eh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sent the message. You know, you want to be a PT boat and steam all around by yourself, help yourself. But if we work together, which, you know, I worked with Dvorsky. We didn't always agree on stuff, but you know what? We were pretty good at what we did. And I think that you need to have a, a team effort and a cooperative communication. And a lot of communication is unspoken. The high referee needs to look where the low referee isn't looking. And he needs to be the guy that's on the edge, catching that cheap shot, the slash behind the ankles, and all of that stuff. And sometimes the angle of the guy on the high side has a better view of what's happening in the deep corner than the referee who's on the other side of the net trying to look through a six 6'5 goaltender with all those pads. So you know you have to work and coordinate and this is where experience comes in but i had another type of experience i could go to messier because he and i had been teammates i could go to gretzky because i played against him i could go to a lot of different guys and say hey tell that guy to knock it off because i don't want to stick you in the penalty box but i will if i have to
0: okay i used to communicate with these guys Okay, so I'll, I'll wrap it up with one more question then to, to get back to the Kachuk incident. Would have you preferred a hit earlier in the game to be penalized just to tone it down or a referee to say, Matthew, I, I know those hits are legal technically, but I also know what you're trying to do. So you, you need, like, should have, should have something been happened so it never reached that point with Cassian getting that angry in the second period?
2: I'm not the coach. That's the coach's job. My job is to referee. So if that guy wants to play like that, I'd say to him, hey, you better tighten your helmet. Help yourself. You want to do that, that's fine. You're right on the edge, but that's okay. You help yourself. You signed the contract. You're making the money. And I would say to Cassian, hey, your helmet keeps falling off. Tie it on tight. You want a piece of him, help yourself. And that's that. And you know what? I used to tell the linesman occasionally, like a guy would want to take on Wendell Clark or someone, I'd say, or they would go after Dale Hunter. I'd say, "Hey, take this stand back, let him go. You want him? Go ahead." And that that showed a lot of guys who had the feathers and who didn't.
0: Paul, thank you so much for checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Love your perspective, love your energy. Glad to hear you're doing well. You got the books out. Your kids are doing great. Thanks so much for checking in on Inside the Sports. Is good. That's the a- health is good
2: too. And that's
0: most important. And and I wish all my friends in
2: in Alberta, who I had a lot of them, <laughs> uh, especially my buddy Randy Mitten out in Ladoux.
0: Randy Mitten, yes. Well, well, maybe we'll get Randy on the show at some point. Paul, thanks for coming on tonight. Paul Stewart, former NHL referee. Wow, what a storyteller! Very opinionated. He touched on a lot of things. Already getting some reaction on the text line. I'm happy to hear from you about that Paul Stewart interview. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. It is also the text line. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. It's coming in about the Paul Stewart interview. This texter says, a real modest guy there. Ha <laughs> ha. Stewart has the perfect mentality for a referee. Scott says, Paul Stewart's a bit of a loose cannon. And another texture says, love Paul Stewart's perspective. Could listen to him all night telling stories. Awesome. That is, uh, Gary has called that number. He's up first on the open line. When we get back, it's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chet. And the Oilers clash with Hall and the Coyotes tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 1. Second period, no score. Penguins and Detroit. Ducks and Hurricanes tied 1-1 in the first period. The Lightning already up 2-0 on the Winnipeg Jets. Kucherov has his 21st. Raptors leading the Wizards 77-65 four minutes into the third quarter. Myrrh the Flames guy. Who I think I owe, like, I don't know, 5,000 dinners or something says, I always liked Paul Stewart when he ref. Now I see why. I liked his outlook on the Cassian Kachuk debacle. Also, I think Kachuk will drop the gloves on the 29th, given the focus that's been put on him. He won't win, mind you. That is from Murr, the Flames guy. Another texter says, Paul Stewart, very entertaining. However, I felt that he really didn't want to give a definitive answer. Uh, I got that impression a couple of times. I think he, you know, he's, he's a former NHL ref. He knows it's hard. I, I don't think he wanted to be too critical of current refs working the game, though he did tell the one story about a, the, the referee he was working with in a game who called the penalty right in front of Paul, and Paul said, fine, you can do the next period yourself. I got a pulled groin. I thought that was kind of interesting. 780-496-0063. We have Gary checking in tonight. Gary, go ahead.
1: Hey, how's going tonight? Quite well. Good, Jeff. Uh, well, I love uh,
2: Stuart... I love his passion. I also love his integrity. Um, I don't think it can work in today's game when Paris is already spending thousands of dollars flying into Edmonton telling the officials, you know, how the game's going to go. But my question is, and it relates to the inconsistency of the sport. I hear it in the NFL, MLB, NBA. Other officials are being uh, reprimanded. They're being suspended. In the NHL, it's almost like they're meteorologists. They can just call and do whatever they want. You never hear of an official being sat down. You have players who are who are telling, you know, us hockey fans. I don't care if I get suspended. Uh, player safety might be. Can Can you talk to like for NHL officials? How like it's almost like they can just do anything and, and cause the game here and there.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, uh, they, fr- from a media and fan standpoint, as I'm sure you know, Gary, they don't do interviews. We requested an interview with somebody from the Department of Player Safety in the wake of the Cassian suspension, and we're told no. From a punishment standpoint, referees do get evaluated and they do get rep- reprimanded. That is not made public. And I- I've said this to people before, Gary, if-, if you you know, watch an Oilers game or several games... And you think there's an official doing a a, a subpar job write his name down and see how many playoff games he gets because they do pick officials for the playoffs and then to advance through the playoffs based on their performance so you know if you if you see uh, if you all of a sudden there's an official whose name you don't see in the postseason and you saw him working regularly in the regular season probably didn't get a very good evaluation
2: very good thanks for the uh, excellent, thanks.
0: great show okay thank you gary i appreciate it Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. yeah i appreciate that this this is going to be an interesting talker it'll obviously ramp up again in the couple days before the 29th when we get out of the break here and the game is actually going to happen um you know there, there's i did like how stewart put it that the referee is trying to keep the game safe and once he thinks something is is going to get over the line, that's when it's his job to, to step in. I think, and, and I always thought Stewart was a pretty good ref from what I remember as a as a viewer back in the days when he worked. And he was, I think, more of a let-them-play type referee. And I think that his experience as a player and as someone who fought quite a bit when he had to play, I, I think that that's, that's why. And as he also said... He was big on communicating with players, and I'll I'll defer to to Rob Brown, who you hear on the Faceoff Show and Overtime Open Line, and he said he always got frustrated by the officials who wouldn't wouldn't give you the time of day if 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 you were respectfully asking a question. And Rob said, you know, he learned like a lot of players how to deal with officials. How you know NHL officials? You got to respect everybody. You're all at the highest point. if, If of your you're all working in the highest league in the world. You have to respect that the officials have earned their way there just like the players have, and nobody's perfect. Uh, But as Rob has said, he always respected the officials you could ask a question to, you could even maybe argue with a little bit, but a lot of officials said, just don't don't embarrass me, ask respectfully. And Rob has always said he's even respected the guys who would say, Brownie, I didn't see it. And Rob, as a player, said he would prefer that a call was missed rather than a call was made up. If a referee honestly said there was a guy in my way, I couldn't see if, it, if he actually got tripped or not. Rob said he could deal with that more easily than a referee saying, well, I think somebody, I saw a guy fall down, so there must have been a trip. So it, it, it is an interesting relationship. In that Edmonton-Calgary game, in, in games that are heating up, And that's what I kind of said to Paul at the end, and that was one of the answers. He kind of deflected a little bit. Still told a good story out of it, but I think he kind of deflected it a a little bit. He didn't answer directly. Should have the officials in that game done something differently? And I don't think he wants to criticize the two guys who worked that game. But if after the first period, the refs see that first body body check, and they go to Kachuk and say, you know what, Matthew, we might have let you get away with one there. We we know what you're trying to do, and uh, if Zach comes after you, we're not, we're not going to call an instigator. Or they just say the next time you deliver a big check, big hit, we're going to call it charging, even if it's maybe borderline. We're not going to give you the fifty fifty. We're just going to make the call. So it's up to you. You deal. And now no, I I don't maybe that conversation happened. I don't think it did, given what's been been talked about. But that is the interesting debate about a very aggressive. Um, hockey's a wildly aggressive game uh you're expected to stand up for yourself you're expected to, to stand up for your teammates you, you're expected to uh intimidate as much as you can at the nhl level and it's interesting here because look you, most of you are oilers fans i'm sure i'm sure you know you would admit zach cassian is also no angel and in san jose like in the series in in, in the 2017 playoffs like he Crushed a couple guys with hits that probably would be considered borderline, or maybe even should have been should have been penalized. Uh, so what what can referees do to defuse it? I, I like as someone who watches the game. I, I think exactly that. What I referenced earlier: communication with the players is the best. You know, you come up for the second period; they're doing their their laps a couple times around the ice before they get ready for the period. If a referee skates up to Kachuk and says, well, Matthew, you, you, you're really Pop Zach. Um, you know, we, we might have let you get away with one there. So let's make sure you're on the right side of the line. Message delivered. Me- message delivered. You know, and, I, and I'm sure there's ways they can do that at the NHL level because they, they've had to do it throughout their careers. It's, it, it's, it's an interesting debate, and it was good to have Paul on the show. He told a, a lot of good stories as well. I think he prefers, shall we say, a little more rough and tumble game than than where the the NHL is 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 heading these days. He's a he's a little bit of a little bit of a throwback, but he does have that perspective. If you're going to throw your weight around, that eventually you might have to answer the bell. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. We're going to keep the referee theme going in about uh, five or six minutes here. I'm really looking forward to doing uh, this interview with a father and a son who are both refereeing in Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week this week. Sean and Brandon Innes, that's, that's a really cool story. We're going to have both of them on the show, and I think they're doing a game at 7.30 or 8 tonight, so we're getting them We're getting them pregame. Danny Machocha is also going to hop on the show. He's the general manager of the Montreal Alouettes. Of course, he spent the last, uh, well, I think he was nine years at the University of Montreal, went to the Vanier Cup Championship game three times, won it once. So Danny Machocha back into the CFL. The Oilers' practice today was open to season tickets holders uh i gotta give a special hello to my buddy jacob who i got to meet and chat with today and is a a loyal listener to 630 chet on our sporting program so jacob i hope you're doing well he had a great uh, sign he brought challenging Zach Cassie into a staring contest. He, he said Zach did not uh, oblige him in the scare, staring contest, but he did give him uh, a quick grin through the glass. And I, I met a couple of young guys named Carter as well. So hi to Jacob, hi to the two Carters and that whole group that was there this morning. It was awesome to see you guys. We will call a quick timeout and a different type of referee story related to minor hockey week when we get back. we mm-hmm. Is that the same girl that was doing all the environment stuff? No, but uh,
2: these two getting together on a <laughs> on a bill would be awesome because it'd be double Greta. You have
0: <laughs> Wait, Greta what's her name? Thunberg. Greta Thunberg could open for Greta Van Fleet. That's right. I'd pay to see that. Yeah, they could have it at Greta here in town. <laughs> there it is. Triple Greta. Yeah, you should be a promoter. You I really could do should. that. You really should. Thanks for tuning in to Inside Sports. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. We're going to have to find a way to get uh, these two gentlemen some GCs to Northern Chicken. I'm pleased to welcome to the show two guys who are having a big impact on Edmonton Minor Hockey Week and doing some great work, Sean and Brandon Innes. Sean, how are you doing? Doing good. How about yourself? Good. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great. All right. Uh, just uh, Usually I wouldn't ask this, but just to get the context here, Sean, how old are you? 42. And Brandon, how old are you? I am 13. All right. So uh, you guys are, are uh, father and son. Sean, how long have you been refereeing?
1: Um, well, I reffed when I was Brandon's age right uh, until my late teens, and then I took a short 20-year break off and uh, <laughs> came back uh, three years ago.
0: What got you back into
1: it? You know what, I missed it ever since I left. Um, you know, I seen Brandon growing up and getting close to the age where he was going to start reffing, and uh, I thought I should get involved in it again and uh, brush up on it and get into the supervision uh, aspect as well so I could help
0: him out with the uh, reffing as well. Brandon, when were you first interested in refereeing hockey?
3: Um, I was first interested in refereeing hockey when I found out my dad did it and when I found out, like, how cool it is to actually run the game instead of to just play it.
0: Do you still play?
3: Um I this I'm just taking a year off this year but I used to play for oh. about 8 years.
0: All right. So so how long have you actually been refereeing now Brandon? This is my first year. Oh, this is your first year. Awesome. Okay. What sort of training did you have to do before they actually let you do a game yourself?
3: Um well, they teach you at a camp and they and what I had to do personally was read a rule book and I had to read the whole rule book. They teach you how to camp how to, like, do all the refing signals and, like, all the different calls and stuff like that. It's a lot of work.
0: What do you like most about reffing?
3: Um, I honestly like the fact that you get to see the game differently from what a player's view would be like, and you get to run the game. And it's, I, it's just really fun, honestly.
0: Sean, I mean, you mentioned you took a short 20-year break uh, and, and came back. How is your experience of being unofficial now that, you know, you're a more mature guy and you got a kid of your own and uh, you probably relate to people a little differently than you might have when you were a 20 year old?
1: I think I've got a lot more patience now that I'm older, and uh, I think growing up as a, a father with having uh, children for ten years before I got back into refing um, taught me a lot about patience. Taught me a lot about uh, younger kids, how they react, um, and how to deal with them a lot better.
0: Brandon, is it is patience something you've had to learn or work on?
3: Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, in refing, like younger kids, they're like not as like up to like you know not as fast as the older kids, I guess, for, like, getting set up and all that kind of stuff and having patience and, you know, making sure everything's, like, right at the face-off before you drop the puck.
0: Oh, because they're still learning how to line up and yeah. some of the basic rules Yeah, they themselves. don't really know how to line up. Yeah. So what age groups do you usually do, Brandon? Uh, novice to Adam. And Sean, what about you? Uh, from junior all the way down to PB. You're do- oh, you're doing quite a bit. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now, I you, know, you guys had a pretty cool experience earlier this week. I, I'll, I'll tee you up. You know why you're on. Tell, tell me what happened earlier this week that was really cool.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, we got uh, to be able to ref together on Monday night. Uh, we got to do an Adam game together. Um, Duncan McDougall, which you might know, he's... Uh, uh alberta hall of hockey hall of famer um uh, he called me up and uh, said he had a perfect game for brandon to do and he said there's only um one uh, one rule and he says you have to do it with them and uh and i thought that was just uh such an honor to be able to ref with my son in his first year of refereeing which would be unusual because i don't usually get to do uh, adam games like that so it
0: was fantastic brandon what was it like working a game with your dad um, it was
3: really good. I loved it because it's it's so inspiring to see a man you've looked up to your whole all your years of life, and to see you know get to work with him, it was it was really nice. I liked it a lot.
0: Sean, what about for you?
1: Um, I, I was pretty excited to rep with Brandon. I I think that um, you know this is a, a, an experience that uh, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Uh, I can see Brandon uh, you know developing into uh, a fine uh referee as he conti- continues to go on and I'm glad to help him through the whole process.
0: Uh I, I mean were you uh, were you reading off each other a little bit were there any of those little moments or anything happened on the ice that was interesting or out of the ordinary? Uh not really
1: no everything was uh pretty pretty good. Um I got to see how he refs on the ice. I um you know got to be there with them and uh, the end of the game i just got to pat him on the back back of the, the back and uh, tell him you uh, did a fantastic ga- a game and tell him i was
0: proud of him well that's that's awesome that's that's so cool you guys had that experience together uh, and uh, do you guys have a game together tonight or do you have separate games
1: no, Brandon's got the night off. I'm at. Uh, I'm actually in the Collingwood parking lot right now, okay. uh, talking. Uh, I've got a game at 7:45 uh, to do tonight.
0: Okay. Well, we're not going to keep you longer th- than uh, than a couple of minutes. Uh, it-, it is often a thankless job. Uh, you have idiots like me going on the radio a lot and questioning calls and games and things like that. Um, Brandon, how have you dealt with? You, you know, the the criticism that can come with being a referee, and, and sometimes you're always the bad guy no matter who wins the game.
3: Um, so really it's just about letting, like, those whatever the coaches say or whatever they say just go over your shoulder, right? Not really listening to them. Don't really get angry at them. You have to keep it cool because the moment you get mad, your refing deteriorates because you get mad at that coach and then it you can't focus on the game. So you really just have to kind of ignore the coach when they start shouting things or when people start saying things so that, you know, you don't really lose focus on what's the main goal, which is to rough a good game and make it fair.
0: Brandon, you have an incredible attitude. Sean, you must be so proud of him. I'll I'll ask you sort of the same thing. I mean, living in a a hockey city, and I I don't know if you listen to, to me or Rob, but Rob and I will discuss officiating. We'll get fans who are mad. I always try to figure out why the ref made that call, even if, even if I don't agree with it. Like, should, does the NHL need to do a better job communicating to media and the fans, or do you think that would just open up a whole new can of worms?
1: I don't know if it would, but uh, I think that what people have to realize is that things look extremely different at different angles. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the fans are looking at the angle of where the camera's at, and the referee is at a perpendicular angle to that, and he's going to see it very differently. And that makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing to remember. Well, thanks for checking in, guys. And uh, and Brandon, do you, you have games over the weekend? No, I do not. You're you're done for the weekend. Okay. Well, thanks for checking in. I, I, thanks for telling the story of, of how you guys have, uh, your careers have gone and getting to work a game together. I really appreciate it. Uh, Sean, I hope you have a, a smooth outing tonight at Collingwood, okay? <laughs> Me too. Thank you. <laughs> that is Sean and Brandon Innes checking in. Father and son referees. They got to share the ice together earlier this week. That is an awesome minor hockey week story. Thanks to those two gentlemen for coming on the show tonight. Oh, my goodness. We got the news and weather. Danny Machocha, a little bit from Mike Smith, Dave Tippett, Rebecca Johnston from the Canadian women's team, all coming up.
2: Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.